Milkman, bienvenue, and welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we'll be discussing six. It's the end of the show of the history mix. We switched up the flow and we changed the prefix. Everybody knows that we used to be doing i hope this episode of the musical man finds you well as always we have an update from listener and patron carrie that i would like to share with you right up top here we are in the stage left studio i am waving to patty and benny and we are so excited to share this tidbit with you i wish i i wish i would have come across this myself but thanks to carrie we are now able to follow up on this monty norman co-writer of the english book and lyrics for irma la Douce, our most recent subject also composed this world-famous film theme, all right? Patty, Benny, can we play that right now? That's right, Monty Norman wrote the theme for Jaws. Can you believe it? Why were you in such a hurry last week, Jonathan? Oh, Patty, why were you in such a hurry? Oh, we hear you. We hear you. Well, we want to offer an explanation. Here's the real straight poop. All right, my snack. My, I'm not allowed to say that, right? Okay, no, 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 no snackables. You're not snackables. Okay, so uh, Benny was out of town with his wife last week. Bow, bow, bow. Wow, Benny was out, which left Patty to run the booth here at the stage left studio. But Patty also had a major play date with a bunch of other parents and children scheduled for that same day, later that same day. And so we had to move, move, move. We had to move it, move it. Everything, everything worked out swimmingly. I'm really glad that it did. Thank you. Thank you, Patty, for taking the time to come in and, and oversee the production of Irma LaDuce. And now that Benny is back, Back in the studio with us, we feel safe, we feel sound. I like it when all three of us are here. It's the Three Musketeers situation that I like best. This is a family like a giant tree. Let's share the show facts for this week's subject. Six, show me the show facts. All right, 
Okay, one, two, three, four, five, let's do it. Six was a 2022 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It opened on October 3rd, 2021 at the Brooks Atkinson Theater and has logged 432 performances as of October 30th, 2022. That's the most up-to-date information I can give you. I can't give you anything more than that. Book, music, and lyrics were written by Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss. Marlowe partnered with Moss when he was selected by the Cambridge Musical Theatre Society to write a show for the 2016 Annenberg Festival Fringe. They made six while studying for their final exams. I love that. What a story. I, I, I really do. I love the idea of we have to study for our tests, but we're also creating a show that, unbeknownst to us, will become a phenomenon. It's so inspiring. So the basis for this show is, we have two, two, two sources, two. The Wives of Henry VIII by Antonia Fraser, which was published in 1992, and the 2016 BBC docuseries Six Wives with Lucy Worsley. What a title. The directors of the original Broadway production of Six were Lucy Moss and Jamie Armitage, musical director Julia Shade, orchestrations Tom Curran, choreographer Carrie Ann, and Groot. And I apologize if I'm mispronouncing any of these names, as always. Scenic design, Emma Bailey. Lighting design, Tim Dyling. Sound design, Paul Gatehouse. Costume design, Gabriella Slade. And the original Broadway cast was as follows. We have Adriana Hicks, who had previously served as an understudy for The Color Purple, and will be the star for the forthcoming adaptation of Some Like It Hot. We also have Andrea Marcusette. That's a Broadway debut for Marcusette. Congratulations. Hey, here's another Broadway debut, Brittany Mack. We have Abby Mueller, Samantha Polly, another Broadway debut, congratulations, and Anna Uzele. Note, Mac, Polly, and Macassette, the remaining members of the original cast, will be leaving the show after their performance on December 4th of this year, 2022. So, if you want to watch any of the original members of this show, you have to do it before December 4th, because after that, it's all going to be replacements, and I'm sure they're all fantastic, but sometimes you want to get that original, that original recipe, you know what I mean? So I just wanted to share that with you in case you were planning a trip to Broadway, I don't know, maybe Maybe you are. I don't know. Tony Nods. So, the show won Best Original Score Written for the Theater, which went to Toby Marlowe and to Lucy Moss, of course. This news completely blew me away. I must have... This completely... It went by me is what it did. I vaguely assumed a strange loop took that award. Let it be known far and wide. I am not an encyclopedia when it comes to this stuff. I don't have it at the tips of me fingers. And it also won the production one Best Costume Design of a Musical, Gabriella Celeste. Took that home. Additional nominations. We have Best Musical, of course, but also Best Choreography, Carrie Ann Ingrulier. Best Direction of a Musical, Lucy Moss and Jamie Armitage. Best Orchestrations, Tom Curran. Best Lighting Design of a Musical, Tim Dyling. And Best Sound Design of a Musical, Paul Gatehouse. So, eight nominations in total, if you're keeping track there, math-wise. Two awards when all was said and done. When it comes to this week's plot summary, I am not going to be overseeing that segment. No, we have a special guest here. I'm going to hand the reins of the show over to them. Please introduce yourself and take it away when it comes to this plot summary for six. We're so excited to have you here.
Yeah, I'm very excited as well. Yeah, it's me, international pop superstar Cindy Lauper, and I'm here to relay the plot of Six the Musical. You might be wondering, why is Cindy Lauper relaying the plot of Six? Of all the people, do me a favor and shove it up your beehole, boomer. I am Cindy Lauper for Pete Davidson's sake. We pop superstars are a rare breed, queens of their respective kingdoms, you might say. And seeing as the show is about a bunch of queens, it's only natural that a broad like me would want to talk about them. When I say Six the Musical is about a bunch of queens, by the way, I'm not talking about gay men. Capiche? This is not the boys in the band. No, no, no. We are talking about royalty, honey. To be particular, huh? The Six wives of King Henry VIII who ruled over England from April 22nd, 1509 until his death on January 28th, 1547. He was a real piece of schmear. Can I say that? Schmear! An absolute burger muncher. What? He loved burgers! I heard on the internet that Henry adored hamburger sandwiches. And who's to say he didn't? I do not like hamburgers myself. I'm more of a hot dog with mustard sort of a chick. Hey! Stop distracting me! I've got to tell the story of Six. Let's talk about these queens, shall we? These are their names, which I am remembering off the top of my head, because I am super smart. We've got Catherine of Aragon, Anne Boleyn, Jane Seymour, Hannah of Cleves, Catherine Howard, and last but certainly not least, Catherine Paul. In reality, these women wore a bunch of uh, stuffy frocks, and, you know, they said things like, like, wherefore art thou? And I would like to take a piss before I kill someone. But in the context of Six the Musical, they are billboard divas. Oh, they are putting on a concert for us, their adoring fans. Hmm. Now, who among us could relate to such a situation? I'm thinking it's me, Cindy Lauper, international pop superstar. I also co-wrote Kinky Boots, excuse me, hello, ring, ring. Oh, a quick primer on who these queens are meant to remind us of, musically speaking. So, Catherine of Aragon, she's sort of a Beyonce, Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Hudson mashup. Anne Boleyn, she's Avril Lavigne, Kate Nash, and Miley Cyrus. Jane Seymour, well, she's Adele, Sia, Rihanna, and Celine Dion. Anna of Cleves, that's Nicki Minaj, Lord, and Iggy Azalea. Catherine Howard. Britney Spears and Ariana Grande. And of course, Catherine Paws at the end here. We have Alicia Keys and Amelie, um, um, Amelie, Amelie Sade. I'm not familiar with her work. Can I just say that? Oh, I feel so embarrassed. I'm flush. Let's move on. So why are these ladies staging a concert in the first place, you might ask? That is an excellent question. Be quiet and I will tell you the answer. Okay, Brando? Okay. Here's the tea. Here's the tea, honey. These broads hate each other's guts. Ah, they were all married to Henry and every one of them believes they had it the roughest. And after all these years, they're sort of sick of arguing about it. This concert will determine who is queen of the martyrs. And that individual will become leader of the pack. Head honcho, the rum-tum-tugger, call it what you will. But who picks the winner? Why, us, of course, we the people. These babes might be royalty, but they believe in the democratic process. Thank you very brunch. The queen 
Queens sing of their sorrow and strife according to the order in which they were married to Henry, which puts Catherine of Aragon at the front of the line. Henry annulled his marriage to Catherine after having an affair with Anne Boleyn. But that ain't the half of it, Monsignor. He also tried to put C of A into a nunnery. Ah, he was unsuccessful because our Catherine was one bad bee, buzz buzz. She refused to go quietly into that dark night, though she did step down from the throne. Enter Anne Boleyn, wife number two. Despite the fact that Anne's relationship with Henry started out as an affair, ah, she was pretty upset by the king's extramarital activities. He was sleeping with all sorts of dames, which drove Anna to hook up with other dudes. Henry was not a fan of this behavior, and so he sentenced Anne to death. This fink chopped her dang head off. Can you believe? Real slice and dice stuff, me amigos. That stuff is not pretty. Wife number three was Miss Jane Seymour. The other queens do not like Jane because from their POV, she had it easy. Henry loved Jane with his whole heart. What the heck does she have to complain about, huh? Jane explains that Henry's love was conditional. Oh, what that man wanted more than anything in the world was a son, a proper heir to the throne. Well, Jane held up her end of the bargain. She gave birth to Edward VI and died two weeks later of postnatal complications. Ah, Jane never got to see her boy grow up. So, you know, a pretty scummy handout, all things considered. Hey, how many of these queens have I talked about anyway? Only three? Oh, we gotta wrap this up soon. I'm having oysters with Steven Tyler and Tyler Oakley at the Blossom Pop-Up Diner down on Melrose. Oh, okay, so Anna of Cleves. Woo, we gotta go. She's she's our number four, okay? Henry, Henry chose Anna based on her portrait. Yes, that's right. But when he got a look at her I-R-L, he was like, oh, and boo, and P-U, get out of school. Get out of here. Who is this disaster I see before? for me. The marriage was annulled and Anne spent the rest of her life in a swank palace. The other queens are like, really, Anna of Cleves? You think you had it the hardest? Give me a break, Kit Kat Bob. Break me off a piece of that. Catherine Howard's story is, I am oh, the saddest of them all. Henry married her when she was between the ages of 15 and 21, and the record is inconclusive. And prior to that, Catherine had been used and abused by a long line of perverts and bastards. Catherine was beheaded oh, when Henry discovered she was sleeping with her cousin, Thomas Culpepper. His Majesty was not fooling around with that guillotine stuff, you dig? That brings us to Catherine Parr, the sixth and final queen. Kathy wanted to marry Sir Thomas Seymour, but all of that went out the window once Henry laid his eyes on her. A royal wedding was quickly arranged, and Kathy had no say in the matter. Sayonara, Mr. Seymour, I'm sorry. Was this the life Kathy envisioned for herself? No way. But she is so tired of complaining about the past and fighting with her ex-wives in arms. She says to him, Excuse me, but are we not people? 
Must we be defined by our marriages to King Henry? Let us rise, rise above this murderous brute and become sisters. And so it came to pass that the queens did unite in the name of friendship. Hashtag girl boss. Hashtag the end. All right. I've done my bit, buckaroos. Okay, so I was promised candy cigarettes, one free Uber, and a small hat for my chinchilla, Grover. Who do I speak to about that, huh? Oh, this little one over here, Benny, is it? All right, fine by me, Benny. Say, where's the bee room in this K-hole? Mama's little baby made a pound and a half of shortbread if you know what I'm insinuating. I hope you guys have a powerful HVAC system. It's gonna get radiated in here. Oh! Thank you very much, Cindy. My goodness, someone... Okay, uh, Benny, you've got that all handled. You're... Okay. We do have a bathroom here in the studio, so I think I think everything will be fine. For the purposes of this week's episode, oh boy, I listened to the 2017 Studio Cast Album of Six, as well as the 2021 Original Broadway Cast Album, which was recorded live on opening night. We, we need to do that more often. I love that. We need more live albums in general, but an opening night live album? What a combo. You'll, you'll be hearing, by the way, I believe almost all, if not all, of the audio you'll be hearing today will be from that live Broadway recording. No offense to the to the studio album. I, I do like that as well. But I think for the purposes of this episode, we are going to just, we're going to keep it simple. We're going to focus on Broadway. It's not really that different overall. Although I do, I will say the performances have a lot more flavor and texture to them on the Broadway album. So I guess that's why, <laughs> I guess that's why we're sticking with Broadway. I also watched the 2022 Tony Awards performance of Ex-Wives. And if you want to hear more coverage of Six, by the way, all you have to do is become a patron. You have to, oh, 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 listen to our uh, episode nine. Yes, that's it. Episode nine of our Broadway in Chicago series, now available via Patreon. If you wait until the end of the episode, we'll tell you all about how you can sign up for that. If this is your first episode, I don't know. Hello, welcome if it's your first episode. But now it's time to talk about the score for Six. We're going to start with the opening number. Let's listen to Ex-Wives. My name's Catherine of Aragon, was married 24 years, I'm a paragon of royalty, my loyalty is to the Vatican, so if you try to dump me, you won't try that again. I'm that Boleyn girl, and I'm up next, see I broke England from the church, yeah I'm that sexy, why did I lose my head, well my sleeves may be green, but my lipstick's red. Jane Seymour, the only one he truly loved. Rude. When my son was newly born, I died. But I'm not what I seem, or am I? Stick around and you'll suddenly see more. Ich bin Anna of Cleves. Yeah. When he saw my portrait, he was like, yeah. But I didn't look as good as I did my pick. Funny how we all discuss that, but never Henry's little prick. Who lost her head All oh, my promiscuity Outside of wed Lock up your husbands Lock up your sons Okay, how it is here And the fun's begun Pipe down, I'm the final wife I saw him to the end of his life I'm the survivor, Catherine Parr I bet you wanna know How I got this far I said I bet you wanna know 
Oh man, I cannot get enough of Ex-Wives. I was an instant fanboy for this number when I heard it back in April when I saw it as part of the Broadway in Chicago season. And the moment I finished the studio album this week, I, I booted up the Broadway recording because I had to hear Ex-Wives all over again. Ex-Wives is rocket-powered. It is 10 pounds of blood-red TNT, the flashpoint that indicates how much fun you're about to have. It has been a minute, it really has, since a score engaged my imagination to this extent. I was living in the music video corner of my mind, whipping up Sailor Moon animation visuals and having a gale time. I was spinning out is what I did, and it was, oh, it was so much fun. If you don't routinely create animated music videos in your mind while listening to music, you're missing out. You really should try it sometime. Can we talk about the ratatatat? Ooh, I love the rat-a-tat-tat that follows divorced, beheaded, or survived. <laughs> Every Tudor rose has its thorns and you're gonna hear them live in consorts. Divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded, survived. But just for you tonight, we're divorced, beheaded, live. Welcome to the show. Aye, aye, aye. That is a shot to the arm, as is every appearance by those jewel-tone electronic horns. Ooh, sometimes, you know, sometimes I really don't like that electronic sound, but it fits this show. Ooh, like a glove. Like a glove. I would have mentioned this during our Broadway and Chicago coverage of Six, but that whole divorced, beheaded routine is, of course, a love letter to Chicago's cell block tango. Divorced, beheaded, uh-uh, Cicero Lipschitz. If you know what to look for, it'll be staring right back at you. But the homage operates within a completely different sound of musical theater, a completely different style and genre. And because it ain't cheeky, it's not very winky at all, no. So it manages to make a unique impression. It does stand on its own. Jane Seymour's Suddenly Seymour reference is also kosher in my book. Hey, I am not a total Krampus when it comes to Broadway illusions, all right? I know I shat all over the Book of Mormon for that shit, but I am not totally allergic to inside Broadway baseball, okay? Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. While we're on the subject of Jane Seymour, the show really hangs her out to dry with that roiling stones pun. This would be in the final moments of the show. I'm jumping all the way to the end of the show for this, for this uh, conversation point to clarify. Roiling stones? She forms a band called The Roiling Stones. I mean, buzz your girlfriend, woof. That line receives no reaction from the opening night Broadway crowd, and they are very giving in terms of their applause and laughter, so for that to receive nothing should have been an indication as to how they maybe might have moved forward, and that joke is clearly aiming to produce a collective groan, right? Because it's a dad joke. The punchline of any decent dad joke should turn me into the performer. I should be bellowing in mock pain. Oh, it should be fun for me to go, oh, oh, brother. Now, I should be staring into the middle distance while I'm praying at the same time for the moment to pass. Step up your pun game, Six. You want to do puns? Fine. Write a decent one. You must agree the baby and all the time I've been by your side. I've never lost control no matter how many times I knew you lied. 
my home and told me Adriana Hicks was on her way to my house, to my home, to kick my teeth in, I would say, okay, so where does Adriana Hicks want me? Is it better for her if I'm sitting? Should I not see it coming? Maybe I should be facing the window. Maybe I should be staring toward the horizon when she, you know, maybe she could turn me around and kick me in the teeth. It would, in one sense, be wrong, wrong, quote unquote, of Adriana Hicks to kick my teeth in, but I would give her the benefit of the doubt. I would think to myself, well, maybe she has her reasons. For all I know, she would pay for my gold bullion replacements. I don't know. What I am trying to say is that Miss Hicks is a stunner of a vocalist, and her rendition of No Way is a cannon blast. It is nitroglycerin. You, maybe you'll notice my metaphors have, have a, they're falling under a certain theme this week. I want to compare these songs to songs from the artists that inspired them. I know Cindy gave you that whole breakdown as to who each of the queens is supposed to remind us of, musically speaking. And so in that tradition, I want to hear something that is comparable to the songs we find in this score. So we're, we're talking about no way right now, right? And this character, Catherine of Aragon, is supposed to sound like Beyonce musically. So I started digging through the singles, the discography of Beyonce, and I found a nice comparison point. It's Beyonce's Ring the Alarm from the album B-Day, which was originally released all the way back in 2006, if you can believe it. Uh, before we hear this, I, I just want to say, Beyonce is acting her ass off in the video for this song. It's astonishing. I would go to bat for her in Dreamgirls really any day of the week, but this performance in this video puts that performance in Dreamgirls to shame. If you have not seen that video, do yourself a favor. Patty, Benny, let's hear a little bit of Ring the Alarm. Everything I'm told, I let you go. 
That was Ring the Alarm from B-Day, and now we're going to switch back to six. Okay, so we can hear a bit of Don't Lose Your Head. Don't lose your head. Try to elope, but the Pope said nope. Our only hope was Henry. He got a promotion, caused a commotion, set in motion. The C of E, the rules, were so outdated. Us two wanted to get X-rated. Let me tell you how it went down. Henry's out every night on the town, just sleeping around like, what the hell? If that's how it's gonna be, maybe I'll flirt with a guy or three just to make make him gel. Henry finds out and he goes mental. He screams and shouts like, so judgmental. You're down there with bro, just shut up. I wouldn't be such a, if you could get it up. really liked my head. stepped into this episode expecting to wade through a a sea of insightful commentary uh, for me, the musical man, because this show, Six, reduces me to queer flibberty gibbet status. I will babble and rave all you want about Don't Lose Your Head as it is a first-class smash, but if you want me to dig into the material, I'm afraid it ain't gonna happen, sister, because here's the thing. Six is essentially Hamilton on Surge and Pixie Sticks. The, The roots may lead us all the way back to the 15th, the 16th century, I should say. But this show is about having a ball in the here and now. There's not much to it. There's not more to it beyond that, I don't think. Don't worry about the details. We are on hoverboards racing through Dreamcast dreamscapes. Vibes, babe, vibes. That's what this show is about. And I never had much of a pop diva worship phase when I was like a teenager or or when I was in college at all, which means I am here for Andrea McCassett's Anne Boleyn. Lower the hood and hit the gas, Andrea. I want to go to Applebee's and shop for chokers. Yes. Oh, he he wasn't kidding, was he, about the queer Fliberty Gibbet thing. Hoverboards, Dreamcast, Dreamscapes. He said dreams twice. Applebee's. I am what I am, okay? I am my own special creation. Let's compare this song to Avril Lavigne's What the Hell, which is from her album Goodbye Lullaby that was released in 2011. Let's hear What the Hell! You say that I'm messing with your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Ah, see? A pretty good pick on my part, right? I don't have much of a reference for a lot of these artists, okay? I, I said as much. I've never dug through their catalogs like this, but this was fun. I really liked this experiment, trying to line these songs up. We're going to keep doing this for all of the queens, all right? All of those queens. And now we're going to hear Heart of Stone. That's the next character, okay? Jane Seymour is up. Jane, take it away. how the phrase heart of stone, which typically signifies a, a stern or cruel nature, according to Google, I like how that phrase is turned on its head for the purposes of sex. Jane Seymour is no ice queen. No, her stone heart is a bedrock foundation that cannot be eroded by the tides of time or circumstance. Henry may have been a bloviating prick with a legacy fixation, hello, but Jane leaned into their marriage with the focus of a shark. This oaf does not deserve me, but I do love him for whatever reason, and I love our son, of course, and I will watch over them from beyond the grave by thunder. 
In Chicago, the city, not the musical, Jasmine Forsberg's delivery of the power note from Heart of Stone, you would have heard it just now, that blew the side of my skull off. It cleaned me out. My God, my the skull fragments that they are still finding in the back wall of that venue. It's been a real hassle for all involved. I keep getting these emails. I, I had to go pick up the bone fragments. Do you know I work? I work a full-time job. It's, it's a real pain. Natalie Paris and Abby Mueller sound stupendous on their respective cast albums, but Jasmine Forsberg, she is, ooh, the A to Z. You will always reign supreme in my heart. Just in my memory, for some reason, I remember the power note in that performance lasting so much longer than anything you hear on either of these cast albums. The, the length that she got out of that note, it was so impressive. Let's compare Heart of Stone to a Celine Dion song I do love. Celine Dion. I know a lot about that disc. Oh, that discography, that catalog. I want to compare it to All By Myself, a classic Celine Dion single. This is from Falling Into You, her 1996 album. Let's hear that. Celine, oh my gosh, I love Celine Dion so much. I'm such a stereotype. The next song that we're going to hear is not actually a solo song from one of the queens. This is a group number. It's called House of Holbein. Ah, oh, ah, let's hear House of Holbein. Welcome to the house. To the house of Holbein, yeah. Beautiful girls from Spain to France and Germany. The king chooses one. But which one will it be? You bring the corsets, they'll bring the hinges. No one wants a waist over nine inches. So that the makeup contains lead poison. At least your complexion will bring all the boys in. Ignore the fear and you'll be In the house of Hoy 
The split-second gear shift House of Holbein takes into Black Light Theme Park Dark Ride hit me like half a dose of ecstasy when I saw Six in Chicago. It was a complete surprise that delighted me to no end, and if I may put this on the record, Tim Dyling should have won the Tony Award for Lighting Design because I doubt the 2022 season contained a more striking effect than this one. Buzz off, MJ. Get out of here. I'm going to take that medallion from you. I'm giving it to Tim. Here you go, Tim Dyling. Holbein reminded me of my hazy affection for Sprockets from Saturday Night Live. Was I inspired to watch any of the old Sprockets sketches? I was, and so I did. I watched one. Here is a line of dialogue I transcribed from that sketch. I believe it's Mike Myers co-starring with Woody Harrelson, who is playing some sort of, uh, I don't know, some other German stereotype. But Mike Myers says, I just want to share this with you. European Freedom Land contains my favorite exhibit. It's a sick world, after all, in which audio-animatronic children in national costumes of every European nation frolic in tribute to the Danish kiddie porn industry. So that line is met with the sort of resigned laughter you often hear during an average taping of Saturday Night Live. I, I, <laughs> I decided to go down a rabbit hole. That's what I plucked out of the hole, and now I've shared it with you, so... Congratulations to you, I suppose. I suppose what I'm trying to say is never look back, only move forward, at least when it comes to sketch comedy. For more of my thoughts on sketch comedy, check out my brand new podcast, The Angry Sketch Comedy Dude. It's uh, it's not a uh, it's not a funny show. Uh and it's not a good show, but it is a show. So I guess you already know what happened next. How I came to England, hopeful, summoned after the king saw my portrait, and how I, with my meager looks the way they are, didn't live up to his expectations. I mean, it's the usual story, isn't it? The savvy, educated, young princess deemed repulsive by a wheezing, wrinkled, ulcer-riddled man 24 years her senior. Rejection. Rejection from a king. I mean, how could anyone overcome a fate as devastating as being forced to move into a resplendent palace in Richmond with more money than I could spend in a lifetime and not a single man around to tell me what to do with it? I mean, seriously, it's just, it's, it's tragic. <laughs> Sitting here all alone on a throne in a palace that I happen to own. Bring me some pheasant, keep it on the bone. Fill my goblet up to the brim. Sipping on meat and I spill it on my dress with a gold lace trim. Not very prim and proper. Can't make me stop. I wanna go hunting any takers. I'm not fakers. I got acres and acres paid for with my own riches. Where my hounds had released the bitches. Woof. Every day, head back for a round of croquet, cause I'm a player. And tomorrow, I'll hit replay. You, you said that I tripped ya, cause I, I didn't look like my profile picture. Too, well too bad I don't agree. So I'm gonna hang it up for everyone to see. 
benefits enormously from the presence of Brittany Mack. Without her elastic vocal range and unflinching commitment to mining comedy out of every phrase, the song's lack of a substantial hook would be even more apparent than it already is. I'm the queen of the castle, get down you dirty rascal, get down? That ain't exactly putting the core in chorus, if you know what I mean. And after a string of consistently entertaining tricks, tracks I should say, tracks, it's somewhat deflating to realize Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss are only human. Eh, oh, that's fine. <laughs> but again, I say, Mac is a natural-born elevator who successfully turns this sow's ear into a silk purse. I don't know if I should go so far as to describe Get Down as a sow's ear of a song. It's acceptable. I accept it. But it's just not as good as that which preceded it. I want to compare Get Down to an Iggy Azalea song. This is a very obvious comparison because it, it sounds almost exactly like Fancy from Iggy's album The New Classic. That came out in 2014. Let's hear Fancy. You probably know Fancy. Thanks for some realist. Realist. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. You should want a bad bitch like this. Huh? Drop it low and pick it up just like this. Yeah. Cup of Ace, cup of Goose, cup of Chris. I heal something worth a half a ticket on my wrist. Back. On my wrist. Taking all the liquor straight. Never chase that. Never stop like we bring an 88 back. What? Bring the hood scene where the bass at. Champagne spilling, you should taste that. know it, right? Maybe, you, maybe I don't know, maybe you never heard Fancy. I want to hear all you want to do. I want to hear all you want to do right now. Ah, can we do it? Can we do it? Do it! All you want to do, all you want to do short and his friends are sleazy except for this one courtier he's a really nice guy just so sincere the royal life isn't what i planned but thomas is there to lend a helping hand so sweet make sure that i'm okay and we hang out loads when the king's away
is having a moment. All You Want to Do begins as this clarion call for male attention before transitioning into a state of total revulsion. There isn't a single man Catherine met who wasn't interested in tearing off her bodice, and the consistency and scope of that abuse has finally been laid out before her like a map where all roads lead to disappointment and despair. These are harrowing characteristics in what is otherwise a lark of a musical, but Samantha Pauly refuses to soften the blow. The songs blow, punch punch. If this is the time for true drama, then by God, I am going to give you drama. Let's pour one out, is what she is saying to us. Amy Atkinson's rendition on the 2017 studio album reflects a certain unwillingness to go that far. And that's okay, I'm fine with that. I'm not implying every actor can or should go big with the screaming and the shouting and the whatnot. It's not an automatic recipe for success, uh, of course. But if I can only experience your performance through audio, what I need is I, I want to hear some sort of transformation throughout this number. The number requires a transformation, and the coloring of Atkinson's delivery does not change as the material demands. Let loose is what I say. Let loose in your own way, but let loose in some way. I want to compare I want to compare All You Want to Do to a song by Miss Britney Spears. This is If You Seek Amy from the 2008 and six? Is that right? No, it's not. It's from 2008. The album Circus. This is If You Seek Amy. Oh, baby, baby, have you seen Amy tonight? Is she in the bathroom? Is she smoking up outside? Oh, baby, baby, does she take a piece of lime for the drink that I'm a buyer? Do you know just what she likes?
And finally today, this is the last song we'll be hearing from Six. I know that you're probably thinking, yeah, you should, you should talk about the title number. I don't have anything to say about the title number. You heard it right at the top of the episode. So this uh, is going to be our final song. It's I Don't Need Your Love. Let's hear that. Dear Tom, you know I love you, boy, in every single way, though I love you, boy, I'll miss you every day, oh, I love you, boy, I wish that I could stay with you and keep the life I made with you, and is a diverting, it's reasonably diverting, but it is also slightly inconsequential when compared to a showstopper like Heart of Stone. Vastly prefer Heart of Stone over I Don't Need Your Love. 
Props to Anna Uzel, as she certainly stands toe-to-toe with her Broadway peers in every way, but going last in this line of succession is never ideal. It's just not, and I believe her material deserved a punch-up. This is the final queen, the final song. I really think that it should have had a lot more pop than it does. I want to compare it to an Alicia Keys song, that song being Superwoman from the 2007 album As I Am. Superwoman and take it away. That's all I have for you when it comes to the deconstruction of the six score. And so now, as always, we will hear we will hear a word from our fine, fine sponsor, Five Six Seven Eight Coffee. Yum yum! I've got it. I've got it in my tum tum. I've got a mug right here. Patty and Benny, they've got their mugs. And so let's hear from our latest spokesperson. Take it away, Five Six Seven Eight Coffee. Hi, I apologize. I'm trying to do this with my phone, and Chucky is running around. He is. Oh, he, he has, he's experiencing some sort of sugar rush. And anyway, no, I'm sorry in advance if there's any noise in the background. Um, hi, my name is Jennifer Telly, and you might be wondering why is Jennifer Telly doing a 5678 coffee commercial? Now, normally, isn't there some sort of a character from Broadway or an, act, an actress from Broadway that you might know? 
Uh, Jennifer Tilly, you're saying she never did Broadway. Well, that's not true. Uh, stop it. Chucky, no. I, I'm, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do this commercial for the podcast, okay? Chucky, we will kill people later, okay? Yes, I see your little knife. Your, your overalls are very cute. I should know I washed them and ironed them. So please, just stop. Get away from me. I, I, I don't mean to be mean, Chucky, but seriously, that's enough. Okay, so Jennifer Tilly, you might be wondering, was she ever on Broadway? And I, I, I have been on Broadway, actually, twice. I was in a production of The Women, and I was in a production of Don't Dress for Dinner. Okay, so that, that those that's sort of my resume and my prerequisite. Now, I, I normally don't drink coffee, but for, for the most part, but five, six, seven, eight coffee, I'm not just saying this. It really, really opened my eyes to the world of coffee. I think I had just had sort of, you know, diner coffee in the past, like sort of scummy, crummy uh, coffee. This is not that. This is for fancy people, but it's also, it, it has a fine price tag. You can afford it, I assure you. Chucky forgot what? You want to show me something? Okay, fine. Yes, you killed the mailman. Congratulations, Chucky. I just, for five minutes, that's all I ask. That's all I ask. I just wanted five minutes for myself, okay? Jennifer time. I, I'm constantly with you all the time, Chucky. I help you in all of your endeavors, okay? Your machinations, they never cease to delight me, okay? You're a murderous doll inhabited by the spirit of a murderous man, and that's why I love you. I will always love you, Chucky. But for God's sake... Can I just please have a bit of, uh, this is sacred to me. This is sacred to me. My time is sacred, Chucky. You want, you want to see, you want to see anger? You want to see madness, Chucky? You want to see madness? Well, look at Jennifer right now. Look at Jennifer right now, Chucky. You want to see the soul of a killer inside, inside a person? Well, just look at me, Chucky. Are you fine now? Okay. There are some snacks in the pantry, okay? Don't touch the oven. No, stop that. You're not allowed to cook anything. You're too small. You're made out of plastic. Just for God's sake, entertain yourself for five minutes. I am so sorry. Please feel free to cut all of that out. This is Jennifer Tilly speaking for 5678 Coffee. You can absolutely count on it. And Chucky, I am going to count to three. And if I see your face, I... Jennifer's gonna get ooh, Jennifer Tilly is gonna get silly Chucky you don't want to see Jennifer Tilly when she gets silly Chucky no 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 give me a kiss final thoughts regarding six it may not be six I'm saying it may not be the deepest of texts the girl power ideology is admittedly a little bit thin it's it's a bit superficial isn't it but six is a candy box and I would never rob myself of the treats that are within that candy box all right all right stay away from my candy box is what I'm trying to say to you you hear now in 2022 the winner of the Tony Award for best musical was a strange loop and the addition nominees that season, this season, as of this recording, were MJ, Girl from the North Country, Paradise Square, and Mr. Saturday Night. Six shows in total, right? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, six! <laughs> the list of best musical nominees was too short in 1961, uh, if you remember us talking about that in, in our Irma LaDuce episode, and the list was too long in 2022, if I, if I may say. I realize everyone 
everyone was eager to celebrate Broadway being back for the 400th time, but we could have been more selective, all right? Let's just, a little too eager, I think, that year, this year. Or, or you know what? We could have swung even farther in the direction of farce and nominated Diana, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Flying Over Sunset along with everything else. You get a nomination. You get a nomination. Honestly, for God's sake, take MJ and Girl from the North Country out of there and replace them with Flying Over Sunset. Just, we don't need two replacements. Just <laughs> Flying Over Sunset, I know that it wasn't really well received. I've never sat down with it, actually, but uh, for crying out loud, it was an original show. Th that said, the right musical won. Congratulations to you again, A Strange Loop. So what am I complaining about, really? I'm complaining about MJ uh, more than anything, of course. I am tired of jukebox biopics. These jukebox musicals that think they can score legitimacy points because they're biopics? That ain't fancy, okay? We've had a million of them. I'm sick of them. And I am sick of that guy's awful fan base. Let's dress up as our favorite version of Michael and attend the Halloween performance of MJ. There's a special exclusive ending. Ooh! Oh, hello! Welcome! Oh, we shall have such a time. Remember, haters, he was acquitted. Fuck off. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm really giving you a lot of... <laughs> A lot of prep time for that inevitable MJ episode. Oh, I've, I've already got something written out for that. No, 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 no. Don't you doubt that. So aside, we'll get there, Jonathan. Just don't blow your, don't blow your wad just yet. That's my aside to myself, Jonathan. Uh, don't give them everything. Uh, hold off on it. Yeah, you gotta give them something for, for the actual moment. Uh, <laughs> Patty and Benny are like, they are literally giving me the wrap it up signal. Okay, I'm gonna wrap Rank six against all of the other shows we've talked about here on The Musical Man. As always, if you want to see this ranking of ours, go to twitter.com slash musicalmanpod. You, you'll find our link tree on that Twitter profile, and from there you can find our spreadsheet. The second tab of that spreadsheet, well, that's the ranking, okay? So where does six fall on this list? I'm going to put it at number 34. Number 34 between Hamilton at number 33 and the Drowsy Chaperone at number 35. As always, this list will change with time as my opinions sort of shift, but I have no changes to announce. I really should take a look at this list, though. Maybe it is time for a bit of a shake-up. But in the meantime, let's talk about some show-related ephemera. The first piece of ephemera I have for you is the song I'm Henry VIII, I Am by Hermits Hermits. This is from 1965. Let's hear that. Second verse, same as the first. I'm Henry VIII,
during our coverage of Me and My Girl? That was a question Chris had for me, and I, I did not have time to go back and check that episode. But am, am I somehow doubling down on a piece of ephemera? Well, God knows it wouldn't be the first time. In any case, this innocuous novelty reached number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It was one of the fastest-selling singles at the time, and it dethroned the Rolling Stones' I Can't Get No Satisfaction. That was the number one song before this one took its place. Remember the Rolling Stones joke? What a coincidence that the Rolling Stones appear again before us. The Rolling Stones. Crickets. Crickets. The next, <laughs> the next piece of ephemera, speaking of, hey, Saturday Night Live, let's go back, let's do a callback to them. This is season 13, episode 15, which aired on November 21st, 1987. In this sketch, host Candace Bergen, Murphy Brown herself, the star of Book Club herself, appears as Anne Boleyn, hello, thank you, alongside series regular Phil Hartman. Oh, Norfolk, pray what news of my beloved husband, the king? It bodes ill, your highness. The king demands your death. I feared as much. What manner of execution is it to be? The choosing is yours, my lady. How so, Norfolk? If you grant the king a divorce and renounce any claim to the throne, then you should be beheaded. If you do not, then you should be burned at the stake. After I am beheaded, what will happen to my head? <laughs> it will be placed on top of a wall for public display. People will be allowed to throw things at it in attempts to knock it off the wall. How many throws will each person get before another person gets to throw? Three. Will they be allowed to throw anything? Within reason. Would a rotten potato be considered reasonable? I'm afraid it would, madam. And when my head is knocked off the wall, Will the dirt and mud be brushed off my face before it is set back on the wall? I'm not sure, Your Grace. I will check it out. Thank you, Norfolk. I will leave you now to weigh your decision. Norfolk! Yes, madam. What if I grant the divorce, renounce the throne, but invoke the blessing of the Pope? Then you should be drawn and quartered by four large horses. <laughs> then the, qu the quarters shall be drawn and quartered by four smaller horses. <laughs> Then those quarters will be drawn and quartered by four frogs. <laughs> After that, the quartering would stop and the mincing would begin. I see. And my head? Your head would be placed on a pike. On a fish, Norfolk? No, Your Highness, a spike pike. Oh, Norfolk! What about the crows? Will they not attack my face? We would put a wire cage over your head. It would keep out the crows, but smaller birds would be able to shoulder the way through the bars. And I suppose yellow jackets could get through. Yes, madam. And June bugs? Yes, but June bugs really wouldn't do any harm. They just sort of crawl around on your face. A small scarecrow be attached to my forehead? Again, I will check into the matter, Your Highness, but now I will take my leave.
As you would have heard, it's a, that's a slightly clever sketch. I, I, you know, I thought to myself, I wonder if SNL ever, ever tackled Henry VIII or any of his wives, and I believe that was the one instance in which they did, and so uh, even though it's not the funniest sketch in the world, I thought, I thought it was important to include it. And I want to close out this ephemera segment with a parody of the ABBA song, Money, 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 which is known as Henry, Henry, Henry. Maybe you know this. I'm sure you do. The stats on this are fucking nuts, but we'll get to that in a second. Let's hear it. Most infamous was Anne Boleyn, but from the start she couldn't win. Well, of course, she was attracted to the king, though wouldn't love unless a queen. So what divorce? She promised Henry a male heir, but had Elizabeth with red hair. Henry was released 12 years ago via YouTube by the History Teachers channel. This inadvisably long ABBA parody now has over 5 million views. 5 million fucking views. Does your YouTube video have over 5 million views? It does? Well, good for you then, love. Does anyone else take objection to the lyrics, Oh, oh, the things they could do if they hadn't married Henry. That was their downfall. Their downfall? This line implies a certain amount of free will on the part of the wives. It's not like they had much of a choice. Oh, you chose to marry Henry? Well, that's your downfall. It's not their fault. (laughs) They weren't begging to have their fucking heads chopped off, for God's sake. Anyway, to determine which show we discuss next, we'll need to take a ride on the musical carousel, otherwise known as the random number generator I named after that classic Rogers and Hammerstein show, My Car Only Has Four Tires. Everyone ready? Then away we go! main feed subject was a nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical back in 1975, and it only ran for 66 performances on Broadway. Do you know what it is? It's a Jerry Herman musical. Yes, it's Mac and Mabel. I am so excited to dig into the history and the recordings of this show because I know it has a fascinating and fairly troubled production history, and I've never heard any of the songs, if you can believe it. This is a real blind spot for me, so I'm very eager to dig into Mac and Mabel that's coming to you next week, all right? All right. Go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod to find out how you can support the show financially. As a reminder, 100% of every payout, every monthly payout, is donated to the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. So you are supporting the show financially, yes, but in doing so, you are also supporting the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. So if thank you in advance. You can donate $1, 3 5 or $10 a month. Those who donate $1 a month or 
more. Get Monday early access to all of these main feed episodes. You get a weekly verbal shout out. Oh, thank you so much for donating at least $1 a month. Caroline, Helena, Greg, Andy, Elizabeth, Aaron, Jason, Jack, Vitor, Sydney, Katie, Elena, Anton, Ross, HJG, Jared, Eli, David, Dave, Christopher, Neil, Brian, Robin, Liz, Carrie, Maddie, Jonathan, Mark, S, Rob, Shauna, Shianti, Roberto, Jordan, Ashley, Chris, JC, Jenna, Aaron, Lily, Haley, Brandon, Brad, Matt, Zach, and Marisol. What a list of names. Let's get that long. Let's get that long. Let's make that list even longer. $1 a month patrons also get 18 bonus episodes. And those, what are those about? Well, they're about the 73rd Annual Tony Awards, the trailer for the film Cats, The Little Mermaid Alive, the film Cats, we have a full review of Cats, as well as Emma at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration, Hamilton via Disney+, Plus, Documentary Now, Original Cast Album, Co-op, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, Arlo the Alligator Boy, the trailer for West Side Story, Mr. Spielberg's version of that film, Vivo, the Tony Awards present Broadway's Back, Diana, Annie Live, and finally, The Notebook at Chicago Shakespeare Theater. You also get Season 1, that's 12 episodes of Radio Boy, a series for which I check in with myself via the non-musical theater songs that make me feel more like myself. And you get all 13 episodes of M3, The Movie Musical Man, a series for which we watch trilogies of movie musicals that are tied by a common theme. The theme for this month is the Dark Ages trilogy, as a reminder, that is going to drop November 23rd, and the movies are as follows. The Court Jester from 1955, Camelot from 1967, and Quest for Camelot uh, from 1998. Yes, Quest for Camelot, that classic animated film. I love that movie. It's so bad. $3 a month will get you everything I've already described, plus a musical shout-out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of your choosing. You get 10 episodes of Wildcats Everywhere, the high school musical podcast, thank you, as well as a special one-off all about Julie and the Phantoms. Remember, you have a brand new series. $3 a month patrons will get a brand new eight-episode bi-weekly series beginning March 2023, all right? $5 a month will get you everything I've already described, plus you get to stop the musical carousel and determine what show I discuss here on the podcast. Now, remember, it has to be a Best Musical Tony nominee and a show that we haven't already talked about, so if you if you sign on, we will work that out. You also get seasons one and two, that's 24 episodes of All I Ask of You, an advice show hosted by the Phantom of the Opera, Hello, as well as 14 episodes in our Broadway and Chicago review series, and volumes one through five of Shout About It. These are collections of five, six, seven, eight coffee ads and musical shoutouts from the first 125 episodes of the show. $10 a month will get you everything I've already described, plus exclusive announcements regarding future subjects of the main feed. Season one, that's 12 episodes of The Snub Club, which is dedicated to musicals that were not nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. And 12 episodes of Turn It Off, the Off-Broadway series. It's all about off-Broadway musicals is what it is. If you're listening to the show via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, please take a moment to write a five-star review for one or both platforms, preferably both. You can stream the show via Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, or Podbean, musicalmanpod.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at musicalmanpod and email me at musicalmanpod at gmail.com. Love emails. Send me a question. Send me your thoughts. Love it, love it, love it. Thanks, as always, to Patty and Benny in the booth. Ah, Alex Green for our beautiful logo. Ah, and Zach Little for our fabulous music. Ah, oh, well, you know what that sound means, of course. Yes, J 
just when the fun is starting. Ah, comes the time for parting. Oh, well, we'll catch up some other time, specifically on the next episode of The Musical Man. So long, farewell, off Wiedersehen, and good night. <laughs>